The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed in the following program are strictly those of the hosts or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The horses are at the gate. And they're off! Welcome to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. With the weekend coming up, this is the spot to be for news, handicapping, and spotlights featuring the winners behind horse racing today. Now, here's your host, Ed Meyer. And good evening and welcome to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, and thank you for taking time out of your schedule to check in with us each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the sport of kings. And that's all depending on which side of the coast you live on. But you can always bet that Winning Ponies is here for you each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific. 23 days and counting for Kentucky Derby 135. Can you believe it? It is coming sooner than you believe. This weekend, we're going to be tidying up the last of the preps. I think we've had enough to actually get a glimpse and a glimmer of some of the runners involved, but we're going to talk a little bit more about that later. I think you've already kind of formulated your own thoughts, which is a good thing. And, in fact, if you need a little help, you can always dial up Winning Ponies at www.winningponies.com, and they can pick out your, your favorite track, races, or all the big preps that you got it. You name it, they got it. And we're going to be talking about the biggins, and they will have proof in the pudding for you. Things are starting to come into focus, as I said, in this past weekend. More is going to happen. That's what I love about this time of the year. 23 days and counting. Oh, yeah. Loving it. This allows connections to kind of make their plans for the first Saturday in May. So this is going to be about it. After you start seeing what's happening this weekend, there may be that lone comet that comes out of nowhere and actually jumps aboard. But, hey, stranger things have happened. What is happening tonight? We're going to recap last week's week's races. It's easier for me to say. We're going to talk about the biggins. That's definitely easier for me to say because that's where you cashed in. News in the wild world of racing. Upcoming races for the weekend. This week's special guest, Hall of Fame riding legend and last man to ride the Triple Crown winner, 1978 of Fern, Mr. Steve Cawthon. Your special guest this week, so you're going to want to stay tuned for that. And we got our man, Dangerous Dan, in his weekend plan as he comes up with all the winners. He's usually pretty hot, and I think he is chomping at the bit. And then we do the final furlong as handicapping weekend with yours truly. And we are always looking forward to that. At least I am, and hopefully you are as well, as we will try to divine the waters and, uh, and find us some winners for the weekend. Kind of recapping last week's races, I Want Revenge and Pioneer of the Nile. They confirmed their status as Kentucky Derby favorites with weekend victories. And Musket Man, wow, moves squarely into the Derby contention with a minor upset of his own. But starting with I Want Revenge turned into a monster since hitting the real dirt surfaces in New York. After dominating the Gotham last month, the Stephen Gutteven Colt came back to win Saturday's $750,000 Wood Memorial at Aqueduct despite a nightmare trip. And if you missed it, oh, my goodness. I Want Revenge first broke in the air, spotting the field several lengths. 
Then when jockey Joe Talamo got him going ahead of her home, he had to wait behind a wall of horses, swing five wide and restart his rally. Still gets home to be a length and a half winner going away very easily. Westside Bernie was second and just a coincidence finished third. Nine furlongs on a fast track went in 149 and two. I want revenge, second by a nose to Pioneer of the Nile, and the Cash Coffee Charity in December came back to finish third behind that rival in Papa Clem in the Robert B. Lewis at Santa Anita before Jeff Mullins shipped him east. After a bad start in the wood, Mullins thought that the day was over. And I heard him saying this on an Internet, an internet interview. I was heading back to the barn, Jeff Mullins said. You don't want to see that kind of trouble. Nine out of ten times, they don't overcome it. And... Between you, me, and the rest of the world, only the good ones overcome this. So for him, he didn't want to do that, and you really didn't want to see him in that kind of trouble, but it was just unbelievable. He had every kind of trouble you could have in a race and still overcame. That's about as good as it gets right there, according to Jeff Mullins. Talmo said, despite the trouble, I thought today was a fairly easy race for him. How about this kid? He's a youngster. It seems like he's been riding for 25 years. As calm and cool as he is in the saddle. To be honest, he only ran an eighth of a mile, so I don't think it took too much out of him. He just keeps getting better and better. Mullen said he's eager to get I Want Revenge to Churchill Downs to start training for the May 2nd Derby. And Kelly Breen, who handles Westside Bernie, said the runner-up also has Derby plans. So, Derby filling up quick. Pioneer of the Nile inherited the front-running position in Saturday's $750,000 Santa Anita Derby when the Pamplemousse was scratched with a soft tissue injury. Empire maker Colt made the most of it. Garrett Gomez was tugged to the lead and winning by a comfortable, if not overpowering, length over California shipper Chocolate Candy. Mr. Hot Flush finished third. Hot Stuff finished third. Pioneer of the Nile ran nine furlongs and one forty-nine flat on the all-weather surface. Trained by Mr. Bob Baffert, who's won the Kentucky Derby three times but hasn't saddled a derby starter for the past two years. Says, quote, he is glad to be back in the show. Gomez said the scratch of the Pamplemousse and Pioneer's Niles' insistence on taking the lead down the back sets prevented him from giving the Colt a lesson in rating. Hmm. I think they were uh, going to work him out there a little bit and trying to uh, get him ready. Kind of looks like uh, I Want Revenge's turn, but uh, Pioneer of the Nile looking uh, the real deal. Gomez said, I wouldn't say it's a missed opportunity. He's just a little disappointed and wasn't able to get it done the way we wanted it for him. But Pioneer of the Nile... Still getting it done. Musket Man forged his way in the Derby picture with a picture-perfect off-the-pace win in Saturday's $500,000 Illinois Derby. Impressive. Giant Oak reportedly is off the Derby trail after finishing fourth in Louisiana Derby and and pretended in the, in the Illinois Derby to impose a burden on the relative run for the Roses, but that's okay. That's okay. Giant Oak, he might be a nice runner down the line, so... We'll just kind of take our time, and we'll see where he pops up. And then we got some Oaks preps. Who, why, got on the jump lead in Saturday's $400,000. Ashland Keeneland led all the way and held on to win by a neck of her long shot gossip girl. Who, why? Very nice under Corey Lenari. Rachel Alexander went to the post on a time on the dollar in Sunday's $250,000 fantasy stakes at Oakland. Went right to the lead and won by eight and three quarters. Never asked for a best run by Calvin Burrell. How good is she? Only time will tell. And time is of the essence. Rajiv Mara for 
trainer Kira McLaughlin took 7th Street at Oakland in the $500,000 Apple Blossom and won with authority. Impressive race there. Kira McLaughlin, every time he ships one anywhere. And this guy here, Rajiv Marat, is a very underrated rider. When I say underrated, he's not in the top two or three that come to mind, but this guy can actually horseback. At Aqueduct, Kodiak Cowboy rallied from near the back of the pack, five wide in the stretch, just up to winning time as Saturday's $300,000 Carter over Fabulous Strike. Captain Candyman Can stalked the pace under a firm hold through the early furlongs of Saturday's $200,000 Bay Shore Stake for three-year-olds and drew off to run under Javier Castellano, winning by three and three-quarter lengths over Toquaro. So some big runnings, big happenings last week. If you missed it, you missed a lot. Going to kind of run this down to you, let you know how pool number three shook out for the Kentucky Derby future wager. Pool, pool number three, Charitable Man, 45 to 1, Chocolate Candy, 18 to 1, Desert Party, 16 to 1, Dunkirk, 11 to 1, Flying Private, 77 to 1, Frisian Fire, 8 to 1, Giant Oak, 53 to 1. That might be off the Derby path. Hold Me Back, 24 to 1. We're going to be talking about Hold Me Back here in a little bit. I want revenge nine to two. Imperial Council fifty four to one. Mafaz seventy three to one. Musket Man Square twenty five to one. Mister Hot Stuff ninety six to one. Old Fashioned twelve to one. Papa Clem forty seven to one. Pioneer of the Nile nine to one. Quality Road six to one. Regal Ransom forty two to one. Take the points ninety nine to one. Terrain forty seven to one. The Pamplemousse wagering has been suspended. There goes Jojo forty nine to one. Win Willie sixteen to one. In the mutual field, all others is 17 to 1. That is the wagering in pool number three. That's always square betting. Talking about some square shots here, let's take a look at last week's biggins. Friday, April 3rd, 57 total. Winning the big hat of the day. Really, there's two of them. One is Keeneland, race number 10, a super high five key, $17,439.40. Hawthorne, race number 9, a super high five key, $10,000. $342, and don't forget the $0.80. Cents. Saturday, April 4th, 102 total biggins. Leading the pack was Tampa Bay Downs, race number four, Superfecta Key, 3135 in. Pretty on good shooting at Tampa Bay Downs. Sunday, April 5th, 88 total biggins. Leading the pack is Remington Park, race number four, Superfecta, 11642 Incredible. Monday, April 6th, 27 total biggins. Turf Paradise on fire. Race number two in the Superfecta, 3,348 even. Tuesday, April 7th, 30 total biggins. Tampa Bay Downs, race number three. Superfecta key, 2,542.20. Not bad for Tuesday. On Wednesday, April 8th, 43 total biggins. Keeneland, race number nine. Super high five, 7,521 even. Santa Anita right behind that race is one through eight and a place pick off three thousand dollars and a little eighty cents. Not bad day at the office if I say so myself. Thursday, April 9th, forty six total biggins, Gulfstream Park leading the hat, twenty eight thousand one hundred eighty seven dollars and sixty cents with a pick three, races three through five, aqueduct races four through nine for a pick six, twenty seven thousand eight hundred eighty dollars. Golden Gate race number five, a super high five key, 23,645.80. Today was a hot day for the biggins, always is, and we hope you are aboard. And just to kind of give you a little update, the exotic predictions this year have paid 
$677,921. And if you're in any doubt whatsoever, go to winningponies.com. You can take a look at the testimonials. You can take a look at the predictions and see how they've been doing for yourself. I encourage you to do so. It's always worth your while to always do your homework and to actually back it up. And just to let you know, because you're going to be watching a little race called the Arkansas Derby, top horse given out. Last race out was Win Willie. Yep, you got it right. Win Willie was giving out at a whopping 56 to 1. It wins by two and a quarter lengths in the Rebel over old fashioned by winning ponies. So that's kind of kind of nice to know because he's actually returning this Saturday in the Arkansas Derby, the Grade Two event, a mile and an eighth. And the Arkansas Derby has always been an incredible prep for the first Saturday in May. Well, it's time to head out to a break. When we return, we're going to be talking with this week's special guest, Hall of Fame legend, last man to win the Triple Crown, Mr. Steve Cawthon. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. Passing out hundred dollar bills and it kills and it thrills like the horns on my Silverado grill. And I buy the bar, double round the crown, and everybody's getting down in this town. Ain't never gonna be the same. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Beauty, freedom, country, family. They're the values that make America strong and what our armed forces are fighting to defend. While many talk about these ideals without action, they are just empty words. If you think America's military families deserve more, log on to thanksusa.org. It's a great way to thank our troops and give military families the gift of education. Thanksusa.org. Scholarships for America's military families. You can make a difference. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball, deep right tail. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. Each and every Thursday talking about the sport of kings. It is during this segment that Winning Ponies is pleased to have as our special guest of the week. And this week, we are honored to have on Hall of Fame legend, Mr. Steve Cawthon. Good evening, Steve, and thanks for joining us this evening. Good to be with you, Ed. 
Well, thanks so much for taking time out of your family life and your very busy schedule. And uh, I know all of our listeners are elated to have you on this time. As, as I know Derby fever still is in the back of your head. Yeah, Derby's a special time. Uh, it's uh, it's uh, sort of the right to spring and everything gets going, golf and <laughs> <laughs> every you know time weather and it's, uh, it's a great time of year. It sure it sure is. But I know how you threw golf in there. You know, I, I noticed that uh, a lot of riders once they actually put away the whip and the, the saddle, I, I think clubs automatically have to come out. Yeah, a lot, a lot of them play while they're riding. But I, <laughs> unfortunately, I didn't do it until later in my career, but. Uh, I did learn to love the game, and uh, I still do. Good fun. As far as I understand it, it's probably wise not to take a bet against you when you're swinging uh, swinging the nine iron. Uh, well, <laughs> depends on how good you are. <laughs> how well you know me. <laughs> well, well, that's true. I won't suck anybody in there. I'll let them find, I'll find them for themselves. But can you give our listeners a little bio on you and, and how you got into racing with your family and uh, just, just a little sniglet on Steve Cawthon? Well, really, my, yeah. My father was a blacksmith. Uh, my my mom and dad always had a horse or two at the farm. Um, we when we were kids, you know, we helped around the farm. Uh, we raised you know some of the younger horses, and uh, you know we were working around horses. You know, from the time I was a kid, um, six, seven, eight years old, I was out in the barn, you know, helping to you know clean stalls and whatever, and uh, learned to ride um, as a you know pony showed in 4-H and. Uh, I uh, I also like sports, but uh, by probably the beginning of seventh grade, I realized that uh, I wasn't going to be big enough to play any of the normal sports. So I started looking more towards uh, racing and hanging out at the track more with my dad. And, and just uh, the idea hit me that uh, I could maybe be a jockey, and so I started working at it. And that's what I did really you know, from the time I was 12 or 13 on. Well, and, and what a career it definitely was, and uh, historically I think it's going to go down in the record books uh, probably forever. If you could possibly try to encapsulate your affirmed Ali Dar experience, as it's, it's a young man and there's so many feelings that are going on, it, it has to be just indescribable, the hype and, and basically the hoopla surrounding this, especially for a young man. It was, you know, it was just one of those things that, um, you know, the, the waters parted. Everything just, you know, happened right. I mean, for starters, you know, Affirm had a great trainer. His, uh, he had great owners. We had a great team of people, in, you know, in the stable. And, uh, you know, I was uh, riding the crest of a wave myself. It was just a, a time when, you know, we had a, we had a great team. But, but what was unique was that... Uh, you know, the Aladar team was, you know, equally, you know, special, and, uh, you know, uh, it was uh, a great rivalry. And uh, to, to have that, you know, uh, you know at, uh, at, at the top level of racing, you know, in, in the Triple Crown races, uh, three great uh, races, you know, neck and neck, head and head all the way, uh, you know, was, uh, was great for the sport. Oh, it was great for the sport, great for history, and you can be 65 years old, and I think you'll still be known as the kid. Probably. <laughs> Probably <will>. It was <laughs> Pete Axelm's book that threw you, into, it threw you into the kid forever, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I think uh, they gave me that name in New York. Uh, it was just uh, uh, because when I was in New York, I was uh, 16 or 17, and I looked like I was about 10. <laughs> I think one of the guys 
says I look like the paper boy next door. <laughs> well, there was quite a crew in the jocks room. I mean, there always is, but especially during the time when you were actually cutting your teeth in New York, the jocks room was pretty, pretty lively. Yep, Pacinto, Pat Day, Cordero, Velasquez, uh, Belmonte was sort of in, and Braulio were kind of at the end of their careers, but they were still kind of hanging around, and... Um, um, Jeff Bell showed up, and uh, Sandy Holly'd come in once in a while. It was it was quite a quite a quite a jockstrap up there. Oh, Ron, Ronnie Turcott was there. Um, it was it was it was a great time. Oh, I've, I couldn't imagine, uh, especially for a young man, it'd be like going to the big city. But actually, you were in the big city and doing quite well. I have to digress, and I know this isn't uh, part of any ride or any. Uh, any competitors uh, want and worry or even thought process, but uh, there was an old-time bookie that actually loved to tell the story of a kid named the boy named the kid. And he said uh, people were actually coming into his shop and they were wagering and they wanted two bucks to win on whoever the kid was on. And he said, quote, we book horses, not jockeys. <laughs> so I think, uh, you know, that tells the tale of even just uh, just the, the small-time uh, gamblers they definitely enjoyed watching. And I, when I say gamblers, I mean fans and uh, players of all ages. And I still love going back on YouTube, and, and, and I still get cold chills coming down. I have to ask you this nickel question. This was brought to me by one of the biggest self-appointed aficionados of the game, and he is pretty sharp. Was affirmed ever hit left-handed until you come down the, the, the lane in the Belmont? Not by me, um, you know. I don't. Uh, Lafitte rode him a couple times, and I, I'm not sure if he ever hit him left-handed. Um, but but for me, you know, and that, like I said, I always was kind of saving it, you know, up my sleeve. Uh, that and the fact that I um, I was always, you know, my, I wasn't quite as good with my left hand, so <laughs> I was always a little nervous about doing it. But I thought, you know, one of these days, you know, when it, when I uh, when I really need to, you know, I think that he might, you know, it might help him. You know, it might, he might respond to it, and uh, you know that day in the Belmont, it was uh, it was you know I knew we had to dig deep and go for everything, and uh, so I, I I did it, and uh, I think it did you know get the desired response. And in fact, it did. And and now that you've verified it, and and I, I won't, uh, I wouldn't have thrown his name out there. It came from one John Engelhart from River Downs. He actually brought that up, and. Uh, right. And I was kind of surprised, but uh, he actually had the factoid on you, but I wanted to verify before I throw our good friend John's name out there. <laughs> no problem. But He's, a, he's a, a sharp cookie, too. Oh, John! John's one of the greatest guys to work with, and he's, uh, he's very well thought of in our sport. With the first Saturday in May coming up, do you think it's possible we're going to see another Triple Crown winner anytime soon? You know, I, I think that it'll happen. Um, it's been, you know, there's been horses with opportunities. Uh, it's just um, it takes a a great horse, and I, I do think it, it takes a little bit of divine intervention. I think the stars kind of have to align. You just can't have you can't have uh, any straws fall in your path. I mean, it, it takes so little to to uh, you know uh, tip the the apple cart, and uh, it's uh, I mean I think some of these horses have not won because they lacked uh, the stamina in the Belmont. Some uh, you know. For instance, Silver Charm, um, you know, he had two tough races, and I think it just, you know, a fresher horse came along and beat him in the Belmont. Uh, but that's the fact. You have to take on whoever comes along. You know, that's 
part of what winning the Triple Crown is, is about. Um, you know, in, in, in 1978, obviously, you know, there was only the, the main rival was always Aladar, but he was quite, you know, it was like, you know, a shark attack every time. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't, uh, we had tough races, you know, every time. In fact, a little bit of, one of the things I think helped us win the, the, the Triple Crown was the fact that uh, the Derby was, wasn't as tough as it possibly could have been. It seemed like Aladar, you know, that day had a little trouble getting, getting started, so, uh, he didn't press us quite as hard as he could have. But, of course, the Preakness was a tough race, and the Belmont was the toughest race, you know, uh, ever. So um, we had to work for everything that uh, that we got. And uh, that's the thing is uh, this takes a really all-around horse that uh, can adapt to situations, that can handle all the, the you know, crazy uh Noises and the, the attention and the, the, the crowd and uh, it takes a special horse. I think you touched on it greatly when you said we had a great team. You know, it's easy to say that you know I had a bad day, I had a good day, but as you said, trainers, owners, yourself, everybody involved, everybody was tied on. And when you headed to Big Sandy that day, and especially when you said you pulled the ace up your sleeve and uh, used it that last day with eighth of a mile with a left-handed stick. Uh, possibly catapulted you into history uh, forever, no matter if it happens a dozen more times or a hundred more times. I think we're always going to remember that special day. Steve, I have to ask you about your decision to go to Europe, and if I have the date correctly, 1979. Mm-hmm. Is there a difference racing in the United States and other countries abroad? Well, uh, you know, to me, the top na- nation, racing nations in the world are the United States, England, Ireland, France, and now Japan is actually, you know, has moved up greatly in the last 20 years. You know, the quality of their racing is, is you know, vastly improved. Um, you know, there's good racing down in Australia, and you know, as well. Uh, that that's obviously very high class as well. Um, uh, but you know, uh, racing started in Europe, so uh, uh, this is it was it, you know we're sort of the second uh, you know generation and. Uh, we uh, so to go back to Europe and to race there and to learn about all the tradition and uh, how important racing was you know, through the ages and how important it still is actually uh, there. Um, it's still at a much higher level in the sporting world, you know, in Europe than it, than it probably is here even here in America. You know, when you look at the overall all the other you know, sports that we're competing against and the entertainment. Uh, businesses that we're, that racing competes against day in, day out. I've heard that from other riders that, that have had the opportunity to ride abroad, and they say it's more of a sport than in the U.S. Steve, in one breath, can you name the derbies and or darbies that you've actually taken down? Uh, well, I've, I've won the Kentucky Derby, uh, won the English Derby twice, the Irish Derby uh, once, the... Uh, Italian Derby once, the French Derby once, the Welsh Derby once, uh, the Scottish Derby once or twice. Um, let's see, I can't remember. <laughs> there's, uh, there's probably a couple other ones somewhere. <laughs> because a couple other flying around, but your golf game is kind of getting you know. in the way here a little bit here. Uh, you know, it's, uh, <laughs> I've won a few Derbys. A few Derbys under your belt. Steve, other than playing golf, what have you been doing since racing? Um, I've still been very much involved in racing. I've got a 
breeding farm and a training center in Verona, Kentucky, and uh, we raise and breed, you know, thoroughbreds. Uh, and I also we, you know, we break uh, break horses down at the training center. Uh, some of our own, but mostly uh, clients' horses. And uh, so yeah, I'm still very much, you know, in the thick of the, the racing business. Um, and uh, it's it's fun and exciting. And uh, you know, it's just like like everything, you know, times are a little bit tougher right now than they've ever been, and you know, that I've in my lifetime, but uh, yeah, I'm sure it'll come around, and hopefully um, you know, one day if uh, we ever get any support for, you know, Kentucky racing, it'd be sure nice, uh, you know, where we can play on more of a level playing field with some of these other surrounding states, you know. Well, I don't think there could be a better spokesman in the game, and I know that you worked, I believe, as an associate vice president for Turfway Park for a number of years and still do quite a bit of work with them. I, I don't think there could be a better spokesman for the game that could actually allow the state of Kentucky and or even other states to actually compete on a level playing field, as you said. You have a, a lovely family wife, Amy. You have Caitlin, Carly, and Kelsey. And brothers Doug and Carrie, they're entrenched in the game as well. Yeah, they're doing fantastic. Uh, Doug, obviously, is, you know, he's uh, had a great uh, time uh, being the president and CEO of uh, Windstar Farm. And, of course, they've had a great deal of success in the last few years. Uh, they were second in the Derby, and uh, you know they've created, uh, produced a couple of real good stallion prospects uh, in the last few years, and they've, uh, you know, they look like they might have another chance to, to have another good year this year. And the Grade One Bluegrass uh, Hold Me Back, owned by Windstar Farm LLC, Kent Sormo, Billy Mott. Am I am I wrong in saying that Billy Mott was really thinking Hold Me Back was more of a poly or synthetic style runner? Well, you know, I, I I don't know. I mean, I think he you know he won, obviously won his first couple races on the poly track. Uh, he went to Aqueduct. You know, he didn't run quite so well in the dirt, and he came back. You know, I think one of the things was they really realized then that the horse was still very mature and needed a little more time to mature, which they did. They gave him the time. He came, you know, he came back and uh, won the lanes end. Uh, I, I don't think that uh, they're convinced that he's a dirt horse. You know. Uh, but uh, you know, I'm sure that uh, you know they'll give him another chance. Uh, and uh, if he runs well in the bluegrass, I'm sure it'll be in the Kentucky Derby. A $400,000 Son of Giants Causeway winning the $500,000 lanes as very impressively. Kent Sormo came down with his hair on fire, just screaming down the outside, uh, five wide in the run. A really impressive race. Steve, I have to put your feet to the fire. I know this is a tough question for a rider, and especially a rider of your caliber. As Derby Fever is growing, and you had the selection of any mount, who would it be for Steve Cawthon right now? You know, I, I think uh, obviously we've got the Arkansas Derbies. You know, to see, like you said, what Win Willie or Old Fashioned do in that. Um, but you know, as of right now, there's the two horses that I've really got my eye on the most are Pioneer, Pioneer of the Nile, and Quality Road. Now, Quality Road's got a quarter crack, I know, or you know, potentially got some issues with that. But I really like the way he, you know, he's been running. I like the way, you know, his, the way he can, uh, he, he, you know, get a good spot in the race and, you know, pounce uh, when ready. And, and I, I really like Pioneer of the Nile. Obviously, poly track is a question with Pioneer of the Nile. Quality Road's obviously, you know, shown that he can run on the dirt already. So, you know, but uh, those would be my two main horses um, at this point. I think both and or all of the above would be elated to have Mr. Steve Cawthon 
giving a boot up on their first Saturday in May. Steve, on behalf of Winning Ponies, we'd like to thank you for taking your time to be with us, away from your family and your job, and probably uh, maybe even uh, putting a little bit in the backyard before the weather gets a little nasty on us. And thanks for uh, tuning us up here as we head into Derby, and, and good luck in racing, and we'll see you in the winter Circle soon, my friend. Great to talk to you, Ed. Thanks so much, Steve. That's been Steve Cawthon, Hall of Fame legend, great rider, golfer, and I don't think you want to take his bets from what I understand. The guy can definitely get it done. Well, it is time to head into a break. That's right. And we return. We're going to be talking with our man, Dangerous Dan, a man with a weekend plan. We're going to be picking some winners for the weekend. So stay tuned for more Winning Ponies. The fans now have a voice to speak their mind. No holds barred. They need a bitch's ass and move on. I just, I just think that the coach made a mistake. Oh, crazy. <laughs> NFL, MLB, NBA, NHL. Speak up. Speak up. Or forever hold your mouth. We ain't playing around here. Voice America Sports. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away. But then, time passes. And the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with winningponies.com, the home of Horse Stradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry. Let winningponies.com make some money for you. The opening kickoff is a beauty. It's a fly ball deep right. From high school to the pros, we, we cover everything. Let your voice be heard. Voice America Sports. You're tuned in to Winning Ponies with your host, Ed Meyer. Got a tip for us? Need a tip from us? If you want to talk with Ed or his guests, the phone lines are now open toll-free at 1-888-346-9144. That's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer. We're here each and every Thursday talking about the sport of kings. Hope you were ready and listening, Mr. Steve Cawthon, quite a nice guy, man for the ages. I think you'll see his name etched in history's 
history's book for quite some time, probably forever. Speaking of, a, of another great guy, we have a great guy that's going to be on board, and he's going to be dealing out winners like nobody's business. Our man Dangerous Dan, good evening, Dangerous. Good evening, Ed. How are you doing this, this evening? What's happening, brother? Uh, the baby's crying in the background, as you can hear. and That's good that's stuff. Another, another uh, normal night in a dangerous household, Ed. All right, I'd like to hear it. Yeah, wait a minute, I, I have a question for you. Steve Cawthon just on. I know you're a golfer a little bit yourself. Would you like uh, for me to arrange a match? Sure, sure. You, well, uh, you'll take him on. Yeah, I'll take him on. I ain't scared okay. of him. <laughs> I, I ain't afraid as long as we're not on horseback. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> what do you think of uh, Steve, Mister Steve Cawthon? Pretty impressive. Uh, yeah, yeah, pretty impressive. I, I, uh, I liked his choices too. Uh, Quality Road and uh, and uh, Pioneer to now. I, it's hard to go against them too right now. You know, he talked about Quality Road. Uh, actually, has a quarter crack as he mentioned, but you know, quarter crack is. Uh, Kind of like a crack in a in a bigger crack in your in your toenail. Actually, they've got a they've got the specialist Ian McKinley, and it was actually written up in a blog by Horster Damas. Ian McKinley was the specialist for Big Brown when he had a quarter crack. Now the Belmont didn't turn out all his way, but uh, the Kentucky Derby sure did pretty good. And I think they got him pretty much in line. Don't you agree? Yes, and the thing is, I want to see a picture of the quarter crack. I believe you can actually pull that up. And he's actually worked out once for Jimmy Jerkins. Jimmy said that he wasn't going to send him to the Derby unless he got two works in him. Ian McKinley proclaimed that he came back and it was ice cold, meaning there was no heat. When there's heat, there's friction and or infection in the area. Even Steve Cawthon brought that up, that you know he'd like to be on Quality Road in the way that he actually travels and takes off in the, uh, the, the Zoom that he actually has in a step. But Ian McKinley says he's cold and he's ready to go. I'm not touting myself, Ed, but I believe I gave out Quality Road a couple weeks ago. In fact, you did. I, I, my memory uh, has not failed me. Uh, it's just sometimes, uh, you know, I, I forget a thing or two. But, you know, you, by, the, by my last mention that we were on, you actually knocked, knocked a hole in them. It seems like uh, we usually have a break or a disruption or, or whatever when, you're, when you were on in Fuego, I should say, and then for the, till the next show. But uh, as, as we let off, you were, uh, you were on fire, and I think... Uh, I think it was probably best for me that you were because I think you, you embarrassed us all. But, I hey, I hope the listeners actually have pencil in hand. I'm ready, Ed. Are you re- You know, Dan, that's what I always like to hear. Where are we going to head? Where are we going to start? And where do we make our money? Last year I was there. This year I'm here. Let's go to the Arkansas Derby at the 11th at Oakland. Um, very good field in here. I'm going to take a shot. I gave this horse out a few weeks ago, too. I- I'm going to go with Flying Private, private Ed. Dwayne Lucas, trainee, uh, Fupeg. Uh, written by Israeli Ocampo, ran second to hold me back in the lanes in at twenty-five to one. I believe he's six to one morning line. I think this horse is going to improve. His last four buyers have been going up each race, and he ran a ninety-four buyer on the poly. He's had four starts at Oakland with two seconds. I think this horse wanted two turns in a distance. Every time he's ran a, a distance over a mile, he's done well. And I look for Dwayne Lucas to be back in the Derby this year, Ed. You know, D-Wayne, it'd be nice to see him back in. Oakland, four starts with your man, Flying Private. Two of those are place efforts. A $700,000 Kino sales purchase by Fusiachi Pegasus, Danny Boy, Israel Campo. I'll tell you what, this guy can horseback a little bit as well. But yes, he can. Are you going to throw out old-fashioned? I'm boxing him up with old-fashioned, and I'm also using Papa Clem. Papa Clem, the, my two top derby horses right now, Ed, or Frisian Fire and Pioneer of the Nile. This horse has ran second to both of them. 
and he almost beat Pioneer of the Mile in a, in a Robert Lewis. So, three-year-old Colt by Smart Strike, and uh, a horse should have a turf future as well, ridden by Raphael Bayerano for Gary Stute. Uh, I look for this horse actually beat I Want Revenge in, in the Robert Lewis. That's a very fair statement. That was that was what I was going to say. You like Papa Clem, you like Pioneer of the Now Frisian Fire, but you didn't make mention of I Want Revenge, but if you take a look too back, Danny Boy, he actually did beat him, but I Want Revenge has proven that Polly's just not his game. He's also taken to the dirt, which is a big question. Bejarano aboard Papa Clem, the speedster by Smart Strike. I think if he gets out there, he may be tough to wheel in. On April 5th uh, at Oakland Park, 58 and 4 for 5 furlongs. Am I seeing this correctly? Yeah, I see it too. And the thing is, is that he's going to look old fashioned in the eye. Oh, I definitely agree, but my question is, on this race, how it sets up in a grade two Arkansas Derby, they're going a mile and an eighth. Okay, if those two tie up, who do you see Who do you see closing? Uh, do you see Wynn Willie putting in, oh, and by the way, Wynn Willie turns down, I believe, $3 million? Yeah, <laughs> offer it to me. Um. <laughs> <laughs> but it's the son of Monarchos, and I believe you even gave Monarchos out 100 years ago for the Derby. Yes, I did. Um thing thing is, I mean, I like Win Willie, but I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be over bet. Um, he ain't going to get fifty six to one on him again. And oh no way! Flying private, private's going to be sitting right off too. You know, and Win Willie runs a one hundred two on the dirt. Uh, flying private runs a ninety four on the poly. I, I think he's going to run big. I, I think this horse is uh, coming into his own. I think that uh, Lucas will be back in the Derby. I do. I. I I'm feeling really strong with this horse. He just ran a three for long, 35-1 bullet at Oakland on April 8th. I, I, I like this horse a lot, Ed. Dan, I, I, I always respect your selections, and I think there's going to be a humongous speed duel. Now, I know Terry Thompson being slated to ride old-fashioned for Larry Jones. You know, they, they've done very well. They're winning, actually, 22% at Oakland together, 23% in the nation on the year together. I'm going to go far to the outside to danger to society. Early on, this real quote by Harlan's Holiday. First of all, Harlan's Holiday is one of the more respected sires in the game now. $300,000 sales purchase, and actually trained by Kenneth McPeak, now in the Dutro stable, who's winning 26% on the year, three times the favorite. And if you take a look at his maiden break, this three-year-old cult by Harlan's Holiday, they traveled 45-3. and three. And Robbie Alvarado closed on a three-wide three, three wide run. I think there's going to be a 45 and change, maybe 46 flat half in here. I think it's going to be pretty salty on the front end. I'm going to throw out the Holy Bull grade two when they put him on the shelf because when Dutro, a new horse, comes into his barn, he wins 29% of the time. In 61 to 180 days off, he wins 23% of the time. Do you like danger to society being the dangerous one yourself at all? I can't bet all of them, Ed. <laughs> you know, that that is the fairest statement that, that I've actually heard. You, you cannot bet all of them. And, you know, I, I look at Old Fashioned. I look at Flame pri- Private. I even took a look at Captain Cherokee in there. But if, if you had to choose one, you've got yours. I'm going to go with Danger to Society. But, of course, I'm going to throw an Old Fashioned in there as well. Larry Jones, quite the horseman. He's actually going to retire from the game of racing after the Breeders' Cup. But, you know, I wouldn't want to leave this game a little too soon either. You know, Terry Thompson's getting him out. You know, everybody's like, well, I can't believe going back to Terry Thompson. You know, he only won by 15 and a half the last time he rode this horse. Well, that's uh, <laughs> only by 15 and a half? Only by 15 and a half, Ed. Not bad at Delaware on any day of the week. 
Danny, boys, time to head into a break. Can you stay on for the fourth? Sure can. For the final furlong, time to head into a break. When we return, we're going to finish up with the final furlong here on Winning Ponies. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. What? Can't make it to the track? You can still get all the action with WinningPonies.com, the home of Horstradamus, handicapper extraordinaire with the most accurate predictions on thoroughbreds, quarters, and Arabian horses at most American and Canadian tracks. Whether it be the Triple Crown, Breeders' Cup, Travers, Haskell, or your daily races, don't worry, let WinningPonies.com make some money for you. When you have a stroke, you may not even notice it right away, but then... Time passes, and the symptoms get worse. One minute you feel fine, and the next, your speech could be slurred or not make sense. One side of your body might become numb. You might see double. You drop the TV remote because you can't hold up your arm. That's because, after a stroke, every minute you don't get help is another minute that your brain is being starved of oxygen. The warning signs of a stroke include sudden numbness or weakness of the face, arm, or leg, sudden trouble seeing, speaking, or understanding. If you experience any of these warning signs, call 911 immediately, because time lost is brain lost. Visit strokeassociation.org or call 1-888-4-STROKE today. A public service announcement from the American Stroke Association and the Ad Council. school to the pros we we cover everything let your voice be heard voice america sports you're tuned in to winning ponies with your host ed meyer got a tip for us need a tip from us if you want to talk with ed or his guests the phone lines are now open toll free at 1-888-346-9144 that's 1-888-346-9144. Or you can send an email to ed at winningponies.com. Now back to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. And welcome back once again to Winning Ponies. I'm Ed Meyer, here each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, talking about the great sport of kings. Joining me is Mr. Dangerous Dan. Dan, are you there? I am here, Ed. You are there. You know, we are talking a little bit offline, and I believe you have... A name to bring up in racing that uh, kind of a little bit of a black eye this time of year. Yeah, and uh, I, I don't get involved in the politics of anything, Ed, but this this really burned me up. Uh, Ernie Ernie Paragello, I believe he owned him, bridled song, prominent owner in, in this sport for years, has come up with like 40 horses that uh, were real thin. Uh, some were almost went to slaughter. Uh, I've read three or four different stories on it. I'm going to tell you what, if it's true, they should take away his owner's license. He should never be able to own another thoroughbred for the rest of his life. It's it's ridiculous. You know, we see so many bad stories about this game, and uh, and you don't hear enough of the positive ones. And it's people like him that are causing these black eyes. Ed, oh, I I agree with you completely. And then and Danny to put a put the uh, the cherry on top of the Sunday for each infraction of abuse and or neglect. If there's forty of them, he stands to get a year in jail and a thousand dollar fine. So. 
you know, if all goes good and well for uh, Mr. Paragallo, he could uh, definitely sum it up with 40 years in the clink. Well, it's, uh, it's ridiculous. I mean, the, for, for an animal that you're supposed to be taking care of, that has obviously taken care of him pretty well. I agree. Um, um, it, it's ridiculous. I mean, there's places like Old Friends, you know, you know and places Free run. like that. Yeah. And, and, and you know, if, if you can't take care of the horses, give them to somebody who can. The hunter jumpers. Uh, Danny, the list goes on and on. All it takes is surfing the web. It's advertised greatly in the daily racing form and in all, all places other than. There are, there are many other places that, uh, that could go. And, uh, you know, not just during Kentucky Derby time, but all year round and in our sport, just like baseball, football, basketball, we need to police our sport. I think we're doing a pretty good job, but we can always do better. But sometimes people slide through the cracks just like in every other sport, but that is the need for policing it up. Danny Boy, where do we head from here to make more money? Let's go to 6th at Kingland, the Shaker Town, grade 3 for Saturday. Um, I like one horse in here, Ed, and it's Chamberlain Bridge. Uh, five-year-old gelding, my war champ. Uh, ran five furlongs at Tampa in the turf dash. Was a beaten favorite that day. Finished ninth out of ten. I'm going to throw that one out. Uh, races before that, he's won three out of his last four. Uh, two of them, at, one of them was the fairgrounds one at uh, Churchill. He took Storm Treasure. He took some good horses, Joe Move. But he likes the turf. He's got six wins out of 11 starts, and he's one for one at Keeneland. So Garrett Gomez in the irons for Brett Calhoun. You know, Danny Boyd, five and a half on the turf. The Shaker Town always proven to be a whole lot of fun. Uh, Mr. Nightlinger got speed. Hewitt's has got speed. There is a bevy of speed. We've got Cannonball. We've got Rollers with Edgar Prado, which leads me to go all the way to the outside to Heroes Reward. J.J. Castellano for Dale Capuano, who mainly travels on the, uh, on the Delaware circuit, but uh, you're going to see him at Woodbine, Philadelphia, Penn National. You see him a little bit of everywhere. And this runner here, actually 16 for 19 on the turf, the distance, which would really kind of surprise me, I didn't realize this, was 13 for 14 in the money going five and a half, six and a half sprinting in the Breeders' Cup sprint, a million-dollar race, Dan, made a middle move going six and a half, but they're only going five and a half this time. Did you even consider the seven-year-old Gelding using your exotics at all? No, I did not. Um, Mr. Heintlinger won this race last year at like 24 to 1 and yes, went on a did. huge winning streak. I would use him. All right. I'm going to box him up then. Where do we go from here, Danny Boy? Go to 7th at Keeneland, the Commonwealth, grade 2. Seven furlongs. Uh, I like three horses in here. I'm going to keep, keep laughing. The four-year-old Colt, Kieran McLaughlin, Distorted Humor, Alan Garcia. Horse just one is not wearing a three at Gulfstream. Did it pretty simply. Uh, ran a 99. His only start at Keeneland. Going seven furlongs in the Lafayette, which, and he won. So he's got experience over the track. He's two for two at the distance. I mean, keep laughing. You could put him over my pal Charlie, who I believe is a sprinter, even though he did mm-hmm. win the Super Derby. And I like Rebellion also, Ed, with Edgar Prado. Got him locked. Next race, I believe we're going to the eighth race. That is the Jenny Wiley Grade 2, a mile and a 16th on the turf. That is correct, Ed. And let's go right to forever together. Uh, five-year-old mare, trained by Jonathan Shepard, won the Breeders' Cup Philly Mare Turf with Julian Lepero in the irons. Uh, horses won three out of the last four, all ridden by Lepero. Look for this horse to fire good off the bench. Horse went off the bench last year in the Diana, ran a 105 buyer. Uh, one for one at Keeneland, four for six. In the four out of six wins on the turf. Lay Peru, man, he is on fire. Yesterday rode, rode a four-bagger. Today I had the pleasure of going to Keeneland, got a little sun on my face. Julian Lay Peru rode 
two winners that I know of today. May have snuck a third in if I wasn't looking. Uh, if that tells you the day that I had that I was trying to uh, the race uh, trying to beat the chalk, the favorite snuck in. The races I got a, a slower price. A big one came in, but I love Forever Together. Augustine Stable, Jonathan Shepard. He uh, loves his turf runners and uh, Julian Lapru winning fifteen percent on his turf runners, thirty-seven percent in the money. Mile and a quarter of the Breeders' Turf Mile, uh, you know, wins at uh, almost five to one with Le Peru. Danny, I'll just say ditto to your selection. On where we go to the mile and an eighth, the Gray One Toyota Bluegrass, seven hundred fifty thousand dollars on the line. Okay, I, just, I, I studied this race, and I, I keep coming back to, to one horse, and that's Hold Me Back. Uh, Hold Me Back, obviously, likes the Poly Bill Mott, uh, Windstar Farms, uh, Giants Causeway. Kent the Sormo probably could have rode there goes JoJo. He, he's on hold me back. I, I look for this horse to win this race. A horse I do like for second. It might be a nice price. Is Cliff's Future Ed? Uh, Cliff's Future before the uh, rush away, uh, they had plans to geld him after the race. Well, if you were going to geld me, I'd run like hell too. <laughs> and that's exactly what this horse did. And uh, I like this horse to maybe improve off that rush away effort. Maybe get a, a piece of this pie here. And I do like the outside horse also. Masoni, uh, three-year-old Colt by Menifee, Ron McAnally, Garrett Gomez. Horse just ran second to Chocolate Candy in the El Camino Real Derby, grade three. A lot of poly experience this horse has. That I'll agree with you on. I love Hold Me Back. Owned by One Star Farm, and Mr. Doug Cawthon is actually the president of One Star Farm. And I heard Bill Mott on an NTRA conference call that we can actually uh, tune in and listen. You can either... Listen, speak up. You can ask questions or whatever. I was just listening in, and uh, he actually feels the three-year-old son of Giants Causeway is definitely a poly-based runner or synthetic runner. And uh, the way he ran in the lanes in a grade two, uh, you were on uh, tap for that day, and you were watching the races as well as myself. I think they have something pretty special here, the way that he was five wide at the quarter pole and came down. I think Hold Me Back looks really good. Yeah, and, and I thought Flying Private had the race won, and I see this blur, and I was like, who's that? And, and it was Hold Me Back. So well, one way to gauge it, if, if Hold Me Back runs well, you may be able to bet Flying Private or vice versa, whichever race goes off first. But uh, take a look at them two horses on Saturday. I think you can make some money on both of them. You know, I, I like the way it was. And, uh, you know, Steve uh, Steve's very proud of his brothers, and he's very f- proud of his family connections. Enjoyed having him on as a special guest. And, as always... Enjoyed having you on as our handicapping guest. And, Danny, with that, it is time to close out. We'd like to uh, thank Mr. Steve Cawthon for honoring us with his time here on Winning Ponies. And you, Dangerous Dan, as always, week in and week out, you bring in the everyday perspective and a weekend plan for the races. Thanks for taking your time. And time flies when you're talking about thoroughbred racing. So tune in each and every Thursday, 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 Pacific, for more Winning Ponies. Next week's guest is rider Chantel Sutherland. Until then, may your winners be many and your photos be few. Good night, everyone. Thanks for listening to Winning Ponies with Ed Meyer. We know the information from today's show will help you at the next post. Keep listening for more next Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 Pacific, on the Voice America Sports Network.
Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management.